0: listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Welcome, and thank you for joining me for episode 11. I know it's been a while. As I had mentioned in episode 10, I was going to take a short podcasting break, so I took the month of December off, and that ended up being the perfect timing for a break because not only was my life extremely hectic during that time, but I was also sick a lot. And let's face it, nobody wants a sick, stressed-out podcast host. But now I'm feeling better, and life has returned to normal, and I'm so glad to be back. Thank you so much to everyone who has contacted me, added me as a friend on Ravelry, or has joined the podcast listeners group while I've been on break. It was nice knowing that nobody had forgotten about me. Since I recorded the last show, some changes have taken place in my knitting career. I've decided to branch out and try some new things. So while I'll continue as a knitting instructor, I am not going to be working at the yarn shop for now. But instead, I plan on using that time to pursue a career in design. Of course, I definitely miss the yarn shop atmosphere, but I'm having a lot of fun trying new things. Recently, I was hired as a design consultant for someone who's putting together a knitting book. The title sounds more glamorous than it really is, but it's still a lot of fun. Basically, I'm just doing lots of swatching. I'm adjusting and testing out different stitch patterns in a variety of yarns, researching techniques, and basically just finding out what works and what doesn't with knitting. It has been challenging and interesting and so much fun getting to sample all of the different kinds of yarn. I hope to get a few of my own patterns in this book as well, so I'm going to be getting started on that soon too. Aside from that, I've been brainstorming and submitting design ideas to be published elsewhere, and also am almost done designing a toddler sweater, which I will be selling on my blog and on Ravelry, and that will be available for purchase soon, but more about that project later. Aside from switching my work life all around, I've also done a fair amount of knitting. I actually, get this people, finished the dad sweater. Yeah, I mean, I completely finished it. Seamed it, blocked it, the works, but it still isn't done. It needed a zipper in the front, and since that completely intimidates me, I took it to a seamstress friend of mine and she's had it now for about a month uh yeah i guess she had to special order a zipper online and well besides that i'm not sure what's taken so long but i'm trying to be patient so hopefully my poor dad will get his sweater soon and let me take a few pictures of him in it so that you can see the sweater too now i've only seen the thing zipperless but i must say It turned out pretty nice. I have never knit a sweater for someone as a gift before, someone that wasn't able to try it on all of the time, so I really hope it fits well. I did make my father-in-law try it on for me, and he's roughly the same size as my dad, and it fits him, so I'm hoping for the best, but I don't really care if it fits or not. If my dad has to roll up the sleeves, whatever. He better like it. That's all I have to say. So, even though that was a huge project for me, the results really were nice. It came together very nicely and looks like a very well-designed, well-put-together sweater. And the yarn that I chose, the Kathmandu Aran tweed, worked up great in the pattern. It makes the sweater even more of a masculine look having the tweed, and once washed the sweater is so squishy and soft and just feels great. I really like that tweed yarn because some of the other tweeds that are on the market are awfully scratchy but that one is surprisingly soft. It's a blend of merino wool and cashmere and silk and it works up very nicely. One thing I don't enjoy about this yarn, and I've worked with this yarn before, I made my dad and brother both hats out of it this last year so I've gotten a good amount of experience working with it and one thing that I don't enjoy about this yarn is it has a lot of debris in it. I find that constantly while I'm knitting with it I'm pulling out weeds and all sorts of vegetation so that's the only thing that I don't enjoy about it but besides that it really knits up nicely and it feels great and I would put up with the weeds again so after the dad sweater, I decided to indulge in some nice, small, quick projects, so I made two berets for my daughter. The first one is a cute stripy beret that I had mentioned in a previous podcast, using up scraps of my stash of Debbie Bliss baby cashmere Merino yarn. The beret turned out so cute, and it ended up being the right size after all, which was a pleasant surprise. It was fun working with so many different colors because it kept my interest but at the same time made the project a little less portable. Another thing I liked about using so many different colors is now the hat goes with a variety of different outfits. The colors that I chose for the stripes include like a chocolate brown, a pale blue, an apple green, cream, and then a pale pink. They work really nicely together, and my daughter wears it all the time. The other beret I made for her is more of a beret for a dressy occasion. It's all in black and the pattern is also by Debbie Bliss and it's called the pom beret out of her book Simply Baby. At this point you may be wondering to yourself what the heck is a pom You're not alone. I know I already talked about this on my blog but I think that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. Isn't it called a pom-pom? As in P-O-M-P-O-M? Well, this pattern is called P-O-M-P-O-N, as in Nancy, which really threw me for a loop. It made me second-guess all of my experiences that I've ever had with pom-poms. Have I been in knitting circles talking about pom-poms and everyone there is secretly laughing to themselves? Pom-pom? Doesn't she mean pom pom? Isn't she a knitting instructor and she doesn't even know how to say the word pom-pon? So I decided to do some research on this very important issue. I looked it up on Ravelry and did you know that there's a bunch of patterns with the word pom-pom? pom in the title, and also a lot of patterns with the word pom on the title, and apparently it looks like they're referring to the same object, that funky little ball created out of yarn that you attach to, say, the top of a hat. I don't know the reason for this confusion, but I found my journey to be quite interesting. So anyway, back to the beret. The strange thing about this beret is that it's actually on the small side, whereas the other beret pattern is written for a 6-9 to month old and fits my daughter who just turned 3. This pattern is written for an 18 month old and it's really small. So I actually had to adjust the stitch count on this one and I could have even made it a little bit longer. But for this pattern, I used Carabella Aurora 8, and it was some yarn in my stash. Both hats, I used up stash yarn, so that made me feel very good about myself. So I used up this Aurora 8 yarn, which was nice to work with. It was really springy and easy to knit with. And then to dress up the hat a bit, I crocheted a flower out of some remnants of Rowan Kid Silk in white and that looks really pretty. I put the pattern up for the crocheted flower on my blog and also on my blog you can find pictures of both of these hats that I have made. After I finished the hats I went ahead and started the best project ever. And I mean it. It's a sweater, it's the sienna cardigan from a back issue of Interweave Knits, fall of 2006, and It's a really cute cardigan. I mentioned it on a previous podcast. It has a leafy, cable-looking design up the two cardigan fronts near the button band, and it has a nice garter stitch collar, and the way you shape the collar kind of creates what looks like a picot edge. It's very unique and very cute. I've been eyeing this sweater for some time, so I decide it was high time that I started it. Now this sweater calls for a bulky weight yarn and the smallest size was a size 36. I knew that the 36 would look too big on me so I went ahead and substituted an Erin weight yarn and I think that since I'm knitting the sweater at a smaller gauge, the size should work out just perfectly. I'm knitting this sweater up on size nine needles and I've decided that My favorite knitting projects are sweaters on size 9 needles. As weird as this sounds, I almost prefer to knit sweaters in pieces. I definitely appreciate the wonders of a sweater knit in the round, all in one piece. But it's so much more satisfying to be able to finish pieces of the sweater in a timely fashion and feel like you're actually getting somewhere. And with the gauge that I'm knitting the sweater on, it is just flying by. The back of the sweater took me, I would say, three days. And each cardigan front took me only two days of knitting each. So I've pretty much gotten the entire sweater completed in around a week's time. I still have the sleeves to knit, and I know that I could easily knock them out in no time flat. Probably just about one or two days of knitting per sleeve, I'm guessing. So all around, it's been a very satisfying experience, and I plan on looking for more sweater patterns that use that size needle. The yarn that I chose for that sweater is also from my stash, and the yarn is called Zara Plus by Filatura di Crosa, and it's just a nice superwash wool yarn. It's an interesting yarn because it feels kind of strange when you first knit with it or when you feel it on the ball. It almost doesn't feel like 100% wool. When I actually started knitting with this yarn, I was taking around the yarn shop asking people what they thought it was made out of and no one said wool. It almost feels like acrylic. It's really strange. It's kind of got a really interesting texture to it. Not wooly really at all and I wasn't sure if I was going to like that yarn. See, I've used it before on another sweater, the Tilted Duster that I made last year. So I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it, and even though I got it really cheap, 75% off, and I got a whole bunch of it too, I wondered if that was just a waste because who cares how much the yarn costs if it makes a disgusting sweater? So I was kind of wondering, but I went ahead and knitted it up anyways, And I have to tell you, I am very pleased with the result. The yarn offers great stitch definition and it washes and wears wonderfully. It's unbelievable. I can throw my Tilted Duster sweater in the washer and then in the dryer and it just comes out looking better than it did before I washed it. The yarn is sturdy, it has held up well, and it's just a great yarn to use for a sweater that you plan on washing, wearing, and getting a lot of use out of. So this is the yarn that I chose for my sienna cardigan and I chose a pea green color because as you know I have a thing for green sweaters and I really like the way that the yarn and the color work with this pattern. I have pictures of my progress up on Ravelry and also my blog if you'd like to see it too. Unfortunately, I don't know when I'll be able to get back to this sweater because I'm right in the middle of my toddler sweater that I'm designing, and I'm just trying to get that design done as quick as possible, and I feel like I shouldn't stop to finish a sweater that's just for me. I've been doing so much work knitting lately that I feel kind of guilty indulging in personal knitting time, but the toddler sweater is almost finished, so I'll probably just take... A week and finish up that green sienna cardigan real quick and just get it off the needles and out of my hair. So about the toddler sweater. I was really inspired by that stripey beret that I recently knit for my daughter. I loved the way the stripes blended into one another and the color combination turned out adorable. I wanted to somehow work those stripes into a sweater design. So the toddler sweater I'm working on right now is a cardigan knit from the bottom up. You knit the body in one piece, set it aside, knit the two sleeves, and then knit them all together while decreasing up to the neck. I chose a plain cream color for the body and sleeves and the colorful garter stitch stripes are worked over the yoke section of the sweater. I was worried that the sweater body and sleeves might be too plain, so I added a few stripes of color and a picot edge to the bottom and cuffs. It's working out uh, okay. Sometimes I think the sweater is gorgeous and a purely genius idea, and some days it looks completely wrong and it makes me feel a bit queasy. At times I feel quite certain that I'm designing the ugliest sweater ever, but the more I get done on it, the colors seem to be coming together and it's looking more normal and sweater-like every day. So hopefully it's going to turn out good, and if not, I'm sure it will be featured on a future episode of this podcast as a tragic knitting story. (laughs) Now I'd like to introduce a new segment to the Never Not Knitting Podcast, and that is a segment dedicated to knitting tips and tricks. Every episode, I will share an interesting and informative tip from myself or a podcast listener that will be sure to help you with your knitting. This week's tip is brought to you by Raveler and podcast listener Stephanie Sows, who wrote in, When working on a pattern with a chart that uses several different cables, like the pattern Sylvie, for example, I find it very helpful to print out the chart, enlarge it, and then color-code it with colored pencils. Then you're able to glance at the chart and see, oh, it's red now, rather than, oh, okay, let's see here. Now I'm on that symbol with the two tiny dots with the slanty line on the left. You get the idea. It also makes the different cables really pop off the chart. Thanks, Stephanie! That really makes a lot of sense, and I plan on giving that a try on my next cable project. I can see what a difference that would make to be able to see the color of this square versus trying to decipher the symbol. Now, I know that my listener base is chock-full of accomplished, knowledgeable knitters, and I would love it if you would share any tricks or knitting tips that you might have with the podcast. So if you have anything in mind, please send me an email with the phrase knitting tip in the subject line, and I'll be sure to include it on an upcoming episode. I would also like to make a brief podcast announcement. A podcast listener with the Ravelry ID of Prairie Poppins has formed a new rivalry group in honor of Vestuary. She would like to invite the rest of the podcast listeners to join her for the month of February. What exactly is Vestuary, you might ask? She says that it's a way to rescue the drabness of February from its own tired moods, a time to celebrate the undervalued little sister of the pullover, and it's an expression of faith that the seasons will change, And we will not need to wear bulky, double-knit alpaca sweater coats and nightcaps to bed. Yes, spring will come again, and your vest will be your new favorite go-to garment. So, if you would like to celebrate vests with vestuary, you will find a link for the Ravelry group and Flickr group in this episode's show notes. This episode's knitting story will be read by me, but was contributed by a listener of this podcast, Pam Sykes. And this is her story, the story of the Skinny Girl Sweater. I spent a lot of time patting myself on the back while I was knitting the a sweater for my 18 year old daughter. That must be why I kept dropping stitches. I wasn't proud because I'm an accomplished lace knitter or because I'm really good at knitting sweaters, but because my daughter was letting me knit for her and she promised to wear this one, you know, outside the house. I've always longed to knit her those small and extra small sweaters I have patterns for. Smalls go so much faster than the extra larges I wear, but finding a pattern that she likes, well, now that's a challenge. My skinny girl really only likes the sweaters from high-end boutiques. Yet this trendy pattern from Knitty.com seemed to fit the bill. With its baby doll style shaping, and knit in a fine gauge with skinny yarn, So, when she said the knitting could commence, commence it did. October 19th, 2008. Where did the knitter start? With a gauge swatch? Gauge swatch? I don't need no stinking gauge swatch. Said the woman who began knitting top-down, increasing to about 400 stitches around before checking gauge, which was off by about 5 stitches per inch. Seriously? Fifty-two stitches per four inches? Seriously? Hmm, how big is this thing getting to be, anyway? So, the knitter found her and tried the yoke on the skinny girl. Whoa, big enough. Perhaps on the verge of being too big already. Too many stitches. She couldn't bear to rip any out, so she decided to stop after 35 increases and split for the arms and torso. That gave her a total of 228 stitches for the skirt. Divide that by 12 equals 19 repeats of pattern for bottom portion of the sweater. Yeah, let's go with that. She crossed her fingers and knit on. She then decided to decrease 12 stitches around to make 18 repeats of the pattern. Which would be more even? Nice and matchy-matchy for the front and back. 108 stitches for nine repeats on each side of the sweater. Of course, that's when she was thinking the pattern was a 12-stitch repeat. Alas! This pattern actually has a 12-row, 21-stitch uh, repeat. No. Way. She at this point feels that the sweater gods must be confined <laughs> in her direction. Okay, regroup. She turned 108 stitches into 105 stitches to give her 5 repeats of the 21-stitch pattern on each side of the sweater. She placed the recommended lifeline, even though she has never used a lifeline and doesn't think she really needs a lifeline now. Lifeline? <laughs> whatever. She knit one row of lace around the lifeline using a bigger needle. Very tight, but she kept plugging along. Should she mark the repeats? I don't need no stinking stitch markers, said the woman who proceeded with the pattern, which she had copied onto index cards incorrectly. Knitting four rows before realizing the problem was not with the splitty yarn or with that lace pattern, but with her own darn overconfident self. She ripped out four rows. Thank goodness for that lifeline. Inserted tiny size one needles into the stitches, recopied the pattern onto cards, dove in again, placing markers after every pattern repeat. In other words, after every 21 stitches knit and knit and knit some more she's lost track now how many times the 12 row lace pattern has been repeated how long is this thing getting to be must try on that skinny girl to check the length where is skinny girl she never seems to be home anymore that darn teenager must try sweater on again no skinny girl to be found she keeps knitting and finally binds off time to start the arms So knit-on she does, and she nearly completes one. But is it long enough? Not sure. She still can't find Skinny Girl. Why? Is she never home? Darling Husband doesn't know either, so she finishes and binds off sleeve one. Starts the second sleeve. Finds the Skinny Girl who, after trying on the sweater, informs her that one arm needs to be about one inch longer. Is she kidding? Nope. Not kidding. She then finishes the second sleeve, adding another inch of course. Rips out the hem on sleeve number one to finish that again. And then realizes a few moments later that she has just ripped out the cuff on sleeve number two. The second one that was already longer. (sighs) Okay, so now she's finished second sleeve for a second time. And these are really long sleeves now. And ripped out cuff on sleeve number one. She's sure this is sleeve number one this time. She re sleeve number one, adds a little more than another inch, takes a deep breath, and binds off. She washes the thing, takes an inadequate picture, waits for the skinny girl to come home, and model for a good photo. The gray yarn is fuzzy and very hard to get a good shot of. It's now November 22nd, 2008. I've finished this project in a month's time, and I am darn proud of myself. I'm ready to embrace my next project, a simple ribbed wrap. What a relief. Thank you to Pam for contributing that story. I looked at Pam's finished sweater on Ravelry and it turned out really, really good. I would have never guessed that she struggled with it so much. It looks like it fits her daughter perfectly. And there's one more interesting fact about this sweater that Pam didn't mention in the story. This project was made from an old, recycled, store-bought sweater that she unraveled and reused. I am impressed. If you'd like to see a picture of the Skinny Girl sweater, you can find Pam on Ravelry as sykesmom Two. And of course, I'll be putting a link to it in the show notes for this episode. If you have a knitting story you'd like to contribute to this podcast, please email me. I'd love to share your story in an upcoming episode. The show notes for this episode and all episodes of Never Not Knitting can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to contact me, please send me an email at nevernotknitting@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 11. I'll see you next time.
1: She won't even do the dishes. The houseplants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed. won't take the time to brush her teeth let's not even talk about her hair if it isn't about knitting she just doesn't really care she's never not knitting and it's making Her husband mad. Her husband mad. mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she just knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She She just won't stop stop her stitching, stitching. and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project She says, just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had